This is the third week. We started talking about the apocalypse. How many of you remember? We've been talking about the apocalypse for two weeks now. This is the third week. Now, last two weeks. Yeah, a few of us were here last week. Last two weeks, we talked about the judgments, the seven seals. Okay? Quiet, guys. The seven seals. Last week, we talked about the rapture. We talked about the event of the rapture, what takes place during the rapture. And then we started to talk about the timing of the rapture. We said that there are four views around the timing of the rapture amongst Christians. We, there's not a total agreement as to exactly when the rapture will happen, even though majority of Christians, majority, believe that the rapture is going to happen before the Great Tribulation begins. And that's what we believe. Okay? I'll come to you, Michaela. Let me summarize. <laughs> and so, um, we said that the disagreement is not around whether the rapture will happen or not. We are all in agreement that the rapture will happen. The Bible talks about it and there is no doubt that there will be a rapture. Okay? The disagreement is around when it will happen. Because we know there is going to be a seven-year period called the tribulation. Where the Antichrist is going to come in, deceive the world, and then begin to persecute people who believe in God. Right? And so the disagreement is around, will the rapture happen before the tribulation starts? Or will it happen in the middle of the tribulation? Or will it happen at the end of the tribulation, called the post-trip? Right? Or some also believe it will happen just after the middle of the tribulation. That's the pre-wrath. So those are the four views regarding the timing of the rapture. Clear? Michaela, you had your hand up. Okay, um, I was reading the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. and there was a section where it talked about like locusts coming and then like opening and catching people, but it said like it would only harm the people that like weren't of God. So wouldn't the ha rapture have to happen after all of that happened? Before all of that happens, you mean? After, because it says that the ones that like are of God would not be harmed by it. Yes. So then it's just uh, like you're inferring that I'll still be on the earth when this happens. Yes. So this. That part that you're talking about has to do with um, the judgments that will come during the tribulation. So we looked at the seals. Those judgments were not in the seals. Those judgments, I think, are either in the trumpets or the vials. Right. And we will look at that at the end, towards the end. But to answer your question, if the people of God are going to be protected when those are coming, those judgments are poor, and your question is, then shouldn't that mean that we will be here, yeah. right? No, so during the tribulation, there will still be people who believe in God. That's how come people will come through the tribulation. Remember when we talked about um, it on the fifth seal, there were people that appeared before the throne, right? And um, actually, it was a sixth seal, and the angel asked John, who was seeing the vision, 
that who are these people? And John said, you know, and the angel said, these are the people who have come out of the great tribulation. Okay, and so... Yeah, actually, we're going to talk about who will be raptured. I don't want to answer that now. Okay. We will talk about who will be raptured. That was what I wanted to talk about today, actually. Who will be raptured? Hey. But you guys are pushing me to talk about the Antichrist. No, no, no. Talk about who will be raptured. No. no. What do you mean? We've been waiting for like three months. <laughs> 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 We've been waiting for so much. So... See, the point is the, of the two, which is more important? Who will be raptured or to know about the Antichrist? Is this people who follow God will be raptured? I want to know who the Antichrist is. You want to know? But why do you want to know who the Antichrist is if you're going to be raptured? You won't be here to even see the Antichrist. Should we do half half? No, because we've been waiting for a long time. You keep on. All right, we'll go through the Antichrist. I put that at the end. So um, if we go through the Antichrist quickly, we will get to know who will be raptured, okay? Otherwise, we'll treat that next week. Okay? So. That's where we left off last week. We were just beginning the four views of the timing of the rapture. That's very short. We'll go through that. So you can see the four views. The four, there's a pre-wrath, there's a mid-trip, there's a post-trip, which we believe it will happen at the end of the seven-year tribulation. And then there's a pre-wrath, who believe it will happen um, after the mid-tribulation. Okay? Now let's see why they believe it's the same thing that's been displayed here. Let's see why they believe those views. Now, the pre-trip believe Christians will be taken up before the tribulation period, like I said. Christians will be taken up in the middle of the tribulation as a mid-trip. And then there is the pre-wrath. Christians will be taken up before the great wrath of God is poured out in the tribulation period. So, just before it gets really worse. That's what the pre-wrath people believe. And then there is the post-trip that believe that the rapture and the second coming will happen very close together or simultaneously. And last week when we were talking about it, I think it was Judah that asked that, well, that doesn't make sense because if we're going to be raptured and then all of a sudden we have to come back with Jesus for the second coming, what's the point of it, right? That's one of the difficult questions that the post-trip people are faced with that they are not able to answer. So why um, do they believe these things? One of the strongest points that defines the different views is what do they define as the wrath of God? Okay, because there's a scripture in the Bible that clearly says that we Christians, we have not been appointed to wrath. In other words, God has not appointed us to go through his wrath, his anger. Why should we go through God's anger? He saved us, right? And so he sees us as he sees Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus is on us. So when God sees me, he sees me as righteous as Jesus is. So why should I go through his anger? So he has not appointed me to go through his anger. But then, where it gets um, debatable is, okay, what then is God's anger? 
right? We know there's the six seals. When we looked at the seals, God started pouring judgment on the earth. But some say the six seals was not God's anger. It was the anger of Satan and the anger of man. And that God's anger actually begins from the trumpets. That's what the pre-wrath um, people believe. So the pre-tribulation for us, we believe the very first seal being opened is the beginning of God's wrath. And so if that is the beginning of God's wrath and God's word says he has not appointed us to anger, what does that mean? It means that before that wrath begins, he has to take us out. So the rapture has to happen to take us out so we don't experience God's anger that is pouring out on earth. Mm -hmm. Because somewhere else it says something about like like he would really pour like I don't know if it's when the dragon comes or something but something like his wrath like is when it fully comes right right so it's either it's two things it's either God's wrath or it's not God's wrath right and God's wrath is in stages as as you see in the in the tribulation the various the the seals it gets worse as it goes on. And when the seals finish and the, and the trumpets begin, it gets even more worse. And then when the vials begin, it's like, you don't want to be here. It's crazy. Really worse. And that's God's wrath. You know, God, Bible says God is slow to anger. Because God gets angry, we'll all just vanish away. He, he can't stand his anger. And so he doesn't easily get angry. Because it will be chaos. Right? And that's why he's long-suffering. He always gives us time to change. He is always waiting for us to change. Because if he gets angry, it's you're out of this world. And that's why even before the trumpet's judgment began, if you remember when we talked about it, there was silence in heaven for half an hour. Because God was even, he's even waiting. He doesn't even want to pour out his judgments. That's how long-suffering he is. Like, it's not like he's angry and he's just, he can't wait to pour out his judgment. He's just even pausing. He has to do it because it's part of his being a righteous God. He cannot look at evil and let it go away. He has to bring judgment, right? It's just like the, um, the correct policeman. Jaden, are you with us? The correct policeman seeing the thief stealing and just standing there saying, oh, I don't want to hurt the thief, so I'll just let him steal. No, you're not a good policeman. You're supposed to correct wrong when you see it. And so a righteous God can't just be there and say, oh, I don't want to hurt the people. Let them continue doing wrong. No, a righteous God has to make right what he sees wrong. And that's why judgment has to come. But God is long-suffering. Now, mid-trip, they believe that the wrath of God begins in the middle of the tribulation when the Antichrist reveals himself as the Antichrist and begins to persecute the Jews and kill a lot of people. So that's how come they believe in the mid-tribulation, saying that we will be raptured before that time. Post-trip, they say the wrath of God is concentrated at the end of the tribulation. And that's how come they think that we'll be raptured at the end of the tribulation. So you see, it's how you define the wrath of God that feeds into your understanding of the timing of the rapture. Now, we then need to know why do we define the wrath of God as happening bef um, 
at the beginning of the tribulation. Okay, whose wrath is it? The seal judgments in Revelation 6, if you remember, who was the one opening the seals? A lamb, right? And that lamb was who? Jesus, the lamb of God. He was the one that was opening the seals. So if Jesus Christ was the one opening the seal, he opened the first seal and the judgment came out on earth. How is that not the wrath of God? Right? How is that the wrath of Satan? Do you get it? Because it's not Satan that initiated it. It was Jesus opening the seal for the judgment to happen. And that's how come we believe that the judgment that began with the first seal begins the pouring out of God's wrath on earth. Which is why we say then the rapture must happen before that time. You get it? The trumpet judgments come out of the seventh seal. So when the pre-wrath people say, no, 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 all the six seals are the wrath of Satan, but it's at the seventh seal, or the sixth seal, that the wrath of God begins. That's when it gets really worse. We're saying, even the trumpet seals that they are saying is the wrath of God, that trumpet seal, uh, sorry, trumpet judgments, was opened up by the seventh seal. If you remember, I don't know if you guys remember because we talked about it. When the seventh seal was opened, nothing really happened. All that happened was that the angels who had the trumpets came up, holding their trumpets ready to blow them. So if the seventh seal was not opened, the judgment by the trumpets would also not happen. Do you get it? And so to say that, oh, the seal judgments are not God's wrath, but the trumpet judgments are God's wrath. Well, the trumpet judgments, guess what, are hidden in the seventh seal. So if those ones are God's wrath, then the seal judgments are also God's wrath. Following? So Paul Benware, it's a, it's a, he's a, a Christian eschatologist, someone who studies the end times. He says, it is the Lord Jesus who breaks the seals and releases judgments on the earth. All the judgments, the seals, the trumpets and bowls come from the scroll and the one who breaks all the seals. All are a demonstration of divine wrath. So all of them are God's wrath. And that's why we believe the rapture must happen before all that begins. Why? Because Bible says God has not appointed us to go through wrath. Any question? Yes, Myra? How can we study the rapture if you only really have two sources of information which is the Bible and what you hear in current times? And since the Bible says that you can't predict it, what's the purpose of studying it apart from like... So the Bible says we cannot predict the day or the hour, right? But Jesus actually, when he said that, he gave us signs to know the season when it comes. So the day or the hour you will not know. As to whether it will happen Tuesday at 7 a.m., I won't know. But I can tell from everything that is happening that it's close. So I mean the season. That it can happen any time. We're close to the time of the rapture. But as to the day and the hour, no man knows. Helps? And that is why we need to study it. Why? Because when you study it, then you know, wow, it's really close. Everything they talked about is happening. It's close. I need to put my life in shape. But 
But then there's people who do that, like the whole like, 2012, with that, like the Mayan calendar thing that people predicted. And it's like, yes. It's going to happen 2012. It never happened. No one. And it never happened. And yeah, guess what? So Someone's even predicted that it, rapture is going to happen April 23rd, which is tomorrow. It's in the news. Right? But, but to your point, guys, listen. We've not even started the Antichrist. You've got to let us move on, guys. Anytime you hear anybody predict and say it's going to happen on this day, throw it out. The Bible says, no man knows the day or the hour. Okay? So people are just piecing things together and they think that, oh, it's going to happen this day. It's just a guesswork. No man knows the day or the hour. All we know is that right now, the rapture is very close. Okay? It's very close. So we need to put our lives in order. In fact, I've said it many times, and I'll say it here. I don't think I've said it here. I personally believe our generation, our generation will see the coming of the Lord. Do you know what, do you know, do you know what a generation lasts? A generation is what? At, um, anywhere from 30 years and up. Okay, because they've been saying it's very close for a very long time. And I know our time is different than God's, but like... Yes. The Bible, there's, a, there's a verse for that, actually. There's a verse for that which says, people will say when the time is coming, people will say that when is the day of the Lord coming? For a long time, they've been talking about it, that it's going to happen, and it's not happened. There's actually a verse in the Bible that says what I'm saying. It says, when the time is coming, people will say, oh, since we were kids, they've been saying Jesus is coming, and he's still not come. It's never going to come. Just leave them alone. Right? And that was, that is why I have a section in this that will talk to us about who will be raptured. That's a very, very important section. We'll get to it. Now, let's move on. Oh, Michaela, you had your hand up. Okay, so that's a, that's a deep question. We will talk about the marriage to the lamb, and we will answer your question. Her question is, in the Bible, it says we don't get married in heaven, so how is the lamb getting married? So we'll talk about it when we talk about the marriage in heaven, when we, after we get raptured, okay? So, Scripture does not support restricting God's wrath to the trumpet and bold judgments as the mid-trip and pre-wrath views propose, okay? So, pre-tribulation, we strongly believe is what the Bible supports. Yes, Vanessa. Would you say right before, like, um, the rapture, but you're still like a child of God, would you still go? So, that question, if it's a question is, if you sin right before the rapture, but you're still a child of God, would you go? It's a question around who will be raptured. We will, we will talk about who will be raptured when we get there. Okay? Let's move on. So, another reason why we believe that the rapture will happen before the tribulation is because of the teaching in the Bible called imminency. Who can tell us what imminency is? Those of us who were here last week. Yes, Vanessa. There's nothing holding it back. Nothing has to happen before the rapture happens. Some things may happen, but they are not a requirement 
for the rapture. The moment something becomes a requirement before the rapture happens, it means the rapture can happen anytime. That requirement has to happen first, right? So, but the Bible teaches us that there is nothing that is a requirement for the rapture to happen. The rapture can happen right now, any moment, anything, any time the rapture can happen. So that's imminency. The rapture is imminent. Now, if those who hold to um, the mid-trip, post-trip, pre-wrath, when they hold to those views, they deny the doctrine or, or the teaching of imminency. Why? Because, guess what? If I believe in mid-trip, what that means is, what must happen before the rapture happens? The tribulation must begin. The moment the tribulation must begin, that means... Oh, I, I can stop looking out for Christ because the tribulation hasn't started. Christ won't come before the tribulation starts. So then they deny that doctrine. But the Bible clearly says, you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus Christ will come at a time when you don't think he will. Okay? So those views deny that teaching. If Christ can't come until the midpoint of the tribulation, and the tribulation has not begun yet, then he can't come for at least another three and a half years. Right? Because we know when the tribulation begins, middle of the tribulation is three and a half years later. So guess what? You can party and fun and whatever, and once you get to three years, then you start to repent and get ready. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says, Be ye ready also, for ye do not know the day or the hour when the Son of Man is coming. For at a time when you do not think he is coming, he will show up. Okay? So, let's get to the Antichrist. Now, as we start to talk about the Antichrist, there is a scripture. Um, princess, can you read the scripture for me? <coughs> for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who has restrained, who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. Amen. Now, how many of us have, are familiar with this scripture? What scripture? This one on the screen, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 to 8. He's talking about someone who is restraining the lawless one. Who is the lawless one? The lost. He's talking about a person, the lawless one. The Antichrist. So, he's saying that there is someone who is preventing the Antichrist from showing up on the scene. Right? Look at the scripture. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. In other words, the spirit of the Antichrist, things that will support and help the Antichrist, is already happening. Right? But only now, there is one person who is restraining the Antichrist from coming, and he will not come until that person is out of the way. And then he says in verse 8, And then the lawless one will be revealed. So when that person is out of the way, the lawless one will be revealed. Is there only one person that was changed? Mm-hmm. It says here, lawless one, and until he is out of the way. He is one, right? So he didn't say until they are out of the way. It says until he is out of the way. So, there is great 
belief. Are you listening? Yes. There's great belief that that restrainer is the Holy Spirit. Okay. You remember the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit right now? He's in us. Let's welcome Jennifer. As she comes. Jennifer will be helping along with the other volunteers. So Cynthia and Asabre and Paul with us. Amen. I'll introduce her later. Now, where was I? Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is inside us, right? The Holy Spirit is inside us. You know, Jesus said something. Jesus said, the world does not know him, but you know him because he will be with you and he will be in you. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. The people in the world, they don't know the Holy Spirit. You go around and say, oh, the Holy Spirit said to me, they'll look at you, are you crazy? What kind of spirit is talking to you? Right? They don't know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for us Christians. Every Christian, every Christian has the Holy Spirit in them. Whether you speak in tongues or you don't. The fact that you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. Okay? Yes. So we'll talk about the seriousness aspect. But the moment you pray, Jesus, I believe in you. I am a sinner. Come and live in my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. That moment the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. In fact, the Bible actually says that even you realizing that you need Jesus is the Holy Spirit already working in your heart. Amen? Vanessa. The Antichrist is going to be born before the rapture. Certainly, that's the belief that the Antichrist is in the works, right? But he will not be revealed to the world until the church is out of the way because the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is preventing him from doing that. But the moment, so we're saying the Holy Spirit is in us. The moment we get raptured, right? The Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. Okay, now, just wait, wait, wait. We'll talk about it. The Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. And so now the Antichrist has his leeway, or the devil has his leeway, to empower the Antichrist to rise up. So now, exactly. So if the Holy Spirit is out of the way, how will the people on earth be able to even stand the persecution? Okay? So that is where I said, I think last time someone asked, and I said, are you listening? Of course, we will be gone. Now, listen. So, if the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way, how will people still come to believe in God? Okay? Now, I said last time that, yes, I believe the Holy Spirit will be, when we are raptured, we're taken up with the Holy Spirit, but I also believe the Holy Spirit's work doesn't stop there. He will still be around on earth, 
but he will not work in the same capacity as he was working when we are here. You know, the whole thing about the church, the body of Christ, which we are now, you have no idea the kind of power that we have. The devil is scared of us. Like, to say it in a short way, you, as you are sitting here, the devil is scared of you. You know how the Bible puts it? He said, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The devil is really scared of us. That is why the Antichrist cannot come as long as we are here, because of the power that is in us. When we are raptured, then the Holy Spirit is still here, but he is not working in that same full power as when we are here, because the church is like the one that the devil really cannot overcome. Remember how Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not what? Prevail against it or shall not overcome it. So the devil, there is no way the devil can fight us or overcome us because the power is in us. But when we're taken out of the way, the Holy Spirit is also taken up with us, but then his work still continues. Let's see how one um, Arthur put it. Um, Michaela, read it for us. Okay. The church ages apparently exists in God's dealing the church injected supernaturally into history at Pentecost and supernaturally maintained throughout the age by the baptizing, indwelling, and filling works of the Holy Spirit will be supernaturally removed when the age is over. What is to be removed when the Holy Spirit mighty working through the when the Holy Spirit's mighty working through the church? Until that happens, Satan cannot bring his plans to a head. After the rapture of the church, the Holy Spirit will continue his work in the bringing people to salvation. But he will no longer baptize them into the mystical and the, to the mystical body of Christ, the church. Nor will he actively hinder Satan from bringing his schemes to fruition. Um, once Satan has achieved his centuries-long goal, Christ will return and demolish the whole thing. Amen. So do you follow it? So the Holy Spirit will still be here, but he will not actively resist and oppose the devil in what he does. Right now, as long as we are here. The Holy Spirit says, no way, devil, you can't, you can't touch this. He, he can't do anything. But when we're out of here, he almost lets them do what they want. That's how come the Antichrist is able to arise and do all this stuff. But then, when we come again with Christ at the second coming, after the seven-year tribulation, Jesus Christ is going to just wipe everything out and defeat the devil. Any question? Chris? Oh, sir, I have a question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Question, but sir, how about if um, the devil becomes friends with like Jesus and then this never happens? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 listen, it's a good question. Say it again. What's the question? How about if like um, the devil becomes friends with Jesus and like this never happens? How about if the devil becomes friends with Jesus and this never happens? <laughs> oh man. All right. Who wants to answer that question? Yes, um, Maxine. Why do you have to? Um, I don't think it'll ever happen um, because. No, come on, let's be real. Because like so that's that's not, I don't think how God planned it. You know, if He wanted to be friends with the devil, He would have been friends with him a long time. Long time ago. But that's not how He planned it. So I don't think it's gonna happen. It will never happen. I think it will never happen. Ernest, what do you think? You're saying something. Okay. So, Ma Maxine is saying, 
that he doesn't, she doesn't think it will ever happen because that's not how God planned it. If God intended to be friends with the devil, he would have been friends with him a long time. Okay? And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's all about what God plans. There's a scripture that says, and this is God speaking. God says, I will do all my plans. I will make sure my plans come to pass. Everything that I have said to do, I will fulfill it. And that's God. That's what makes him God. He is the only one who can say what he is going to do before he does it. And then he follows through and does it. You check everything that has happened in the world. He talked about it. And we have tons of evidence that shows God never goes against what he has said he will do. Chris, is that helping? God never goes against what he has said he will do. He always does what he says he will do. And so the fact that he has said this is what is going to happen gives us all the confidence that that is exactly what is going to happen. That he will never, the devil will never become friends with God. The devil will be judged. He will be thrown into the lake of fire. Amen. Let's move on. So, who then is the Antichrist? Okay, let's listen. Now, the question of, of, around who is the Antichrist has been a very hot, hot, hot question because, of course, there is some curiosity. There is some um, excitement about figuring out who that person is going to be. And that, that curiosity didn't start today. It started a long time. People have been trying to figure out throughout history, oh, is this person the Antichrist? I think it's that person, right? And so we're going to try to look at the scripture, what it says, to lead us to who is possibly um, going to be the Antichrist. Yes. So we won't know the exact face of the Antichrist, but we'll just like have an idea of like who it might be then? Um, so your question is, we will not know the exact face or the exact person, but we'll have an idea who is something along that line that let's see what the scripture will lead us to. Okay. Now, like I said, it's intrigued people for 2,000 years. There was a time when people thought John F. Kennedy was the Antichrist. And why did they think John F. Kennedy was the Antichrist? They said, well, he was a Catholic and he was assassinated by a head wound. And so some associated that wound with the mortal wound that the Antichrist will one day receive. Because the Bible talks about the Antichrist being hurt by a head wound. But then, so he died. And then he sort of came back to life again. And so when John Kennedy was killed by a head wound, a shot to his head, people thought, you wait and see. He's going to come back to life. Has he come back to life? No. Right? Some also thought that Henry Kissinger, that he was the Antichrist. He was a Jewish person, and his name, according to some calculation, equals 666. And a key reason why some people suggested he might be the Antichrist, because... He was a great diplomat and peacemaker. Remember, the Antichrist will come as a great peacemaker. 
He will make peace. There will be peace in the whole world. So everybody is going to believe in him. This is a great politician. He's a great man. And this Henry Kissinger was a great diplomat and a peacemaker. And they, you know, in, in the Jewish and Hebrew system, they have numbers for every alphabet in the Jewish and Hebrew system. It correlates to a certain number. Okay, when we get to talk about the number of the beast, we'll, we'll talk into details more there. And so they're able to calculate from the name the number of that name. And so they did that calculation on his name, and they're saying his name, the number of his name is 666. So bang on, that is the Antichrist. Is that true? No. That's not true. No, that's, that's what they thought, but it was false. Then, some also thought Mikhail Gorbachev, he was the last leader of the USSR. How many of us know the USSR? The Soviet Union, right? He was the last leader of that union. And, of course, the USSR didn't have good um, name in the political world. These are evil people. And, of course, if they are evil people, their leader must be the Antichrist. And guess what? He had a huge, great red mark on his forehead. And so they said, that must be the Antichrist. That is the mark of the beast. But that was a birthmark. Right? So, just to give you an idea how people come up with so many things just to make up who the Antichrist is going to be. Then, there was President Ronald Reagan. Some also thought that he was the Antichrist. Why? Because his name, Ronald Wilson Reagan, was comprised of three words with six letters each. And so some equated that with 666. And they thought his recovery from a gunshot wound might have some significance. Apparently he was shot, but he recovered. And so people were like, oh, you see, I think that's the Antichrist. You watch and see, I think that's the Antichrist. Where is he now? He's dead and gone. That wasn't the Antichrist. Then, some even thought that Bill Clinton was the Antichrist. Why? Because they thought Hillary was the false prophet who would be controlling him. Right? And Bill Clinton is the Antichrist because they didn't like Hillary so much. They thought he was, she was evil or whatever and Bill is listening to her. I think that is the Antichrist, and I think that is the false prophet. <laughs> Do you think he is the Antichrist? No. No. Then, <laughs> the most recent one is Barack Obama. We thought that he was the Antichrist. How many of you heard stories about Barack Obama being the Antichrist? Okay, why did they think he was the Antichrist? There was a video that was circulating that maintained that Jesus gave us the name of the Antichrist. And that video linked Barack Obama to that name, even though they gave a disclaimer that we are not really claiming that he is the Antichrist. Right? They just had to be politically correct. Now let's look at what they said in that video. So the video was based on Luke 10, 18. Where Jesus said, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. 
Okay, so the argument progresses sort of like this. The passage, when they retranslate the passage, they, they retranslate it as, I saw Satan falling as lightning from the heavens. You know, the difference is very subtle. The actual translation says, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And they retranslate it as, I saw Satan falling as lightning from the heavens. Okay? And they note that in biblical Hebrew, the word translated lightning is barak. <laughs> okay? And in Isaiah 14, which is actually a scripture about Lucifer, it talks about barak. Now, the Hebrew translated heights in Isaiah 14, 14 is Bamal. So you kind of know where this is leading, right? Obama. Obama and Barack, right? Isn't, isn't it plausible? It's really believable. That's how all these conjectures about who the Antichrist is, they are very convincing. Very convincing. If you're not careful, you will actually buy into it. So let's see where this really is. There's a New Testament scholar, Daniel Wallace. Are you listening? He said, when all is said and done, the evidence is simply bogus. Jesus didn't speak in Hebrew. And the Hebrew that is given here does not mean lightning from the heights. Barak Obama means lightning and height. But that can hardly be the underlying Aramaic, which is not Hebrew, because Jesus spoke in Aramaic. For the Greek text of Luke 10, 18, thus a linguistic leap from Greek to Aramaic to Hebrew with the grammar and vocabulary changing along the way is required to make Luke 10, 18 mean what the narrator wants it to mean. You know what's happening? The, the, the narrator is trying to play with words and saying, look, oh, this is what Jesus said. If I translate this into Hebrew and I look at the um, Greek version of it or the Aramaic version of it, I think it makes sense what I wanted to say. And so they read their own meaning into the scripture. When Jesus was speaking, he wasn't speaking in Hebrew. So why should you take his word and look up the Hebrew meaning of it? If I'm speaking to you in Chi and you say, if I say Braha, and then you say, oh, Braha sounds like um, um, sleep in French. So maybe I'm telling you to sleep. Does that make sense? No. no, because I'm not speaking French to you. I'm speaking in Chi. So you take the meaning of Chi. You don't say, oh, it sounds like this in this language. So maybe it means that. You following? Okay. So the whole thing about Barack Obama was bogus. But still, people were pursuing it further. Some said that the winning lottery number in the president's home state on November 5th, the day after his election, was 666. The lottery number in his hometown, the day after he was elected, the winning number was 666. So people were like, see what we're saying? There's some stuff around his name, and now the winning lottery number is 666. I think there's something that they're trying to tell us. And then others also said his, his zip code was 666. Zero, six, zero, six. 
And so why are there so many coincidences with Obama and 666? His birth date is August 4th, which is the 216th day of the year, which is 6 times 6 times 6. And then, <laughs> and then they said his birthplace is on longitude 21.6, which is 216. And then his name is also comprised of 18 letters, which is 6 plus 6 plus 6. So there's something about Obama that makes us think he is the Antichrist. Do you believe it? No. <laughs> So, then, who then is the Antichrist? Of course, people are asking many questions because they want to know who the Antichrist yeah. is. Now, yeah, and, and, and the North Korean dictator. But see, why did I show you all this? I showed you all this so you would realize that what the questions you're asking right now is Donald Trump not the Antichrist, is Kim Jong not the Antichrist. Those questions people have been asking all through the years about any world leader that comes up. Any world leader that has any weirdness about them slightly, people associate them with the Antichrist. So like the North Korean detector, oh, I think he's the Antichrist. Or like Donald Trump, oh, I think he's the Antichrist. That's what's been happening over the years. But all this that we've gone through is to show you guys that don't um, buy into all of those things. Let's look into the scripture. That's more believable than what is happening and what people are making up with numbers. Okay, Belinda. No, the Antichrist will rise up and be a world leader, but as to whether he will be um, a leader before he rises up, it, it doesn't say clearly in the Bible. Okay. So there are many questions that we will look at and try to answer. Are events in our world today setting the stage for the Antichrist's appearance? Who is the satanic superman who is yet to best on the world scene? Where will he come from? I guess you guys are interested in knowing that. What will he be like and what will he do? Will he appear during our lifetime? Okay, so that's what we're going to go through and try to answer some of these questions. Should we proceed? Yes. Do you want to take a break? No. It's hot. It's hot, yeah. No, it's only hot because I'm taking this Okay, I reduce the temperature. Let's move on. Let's move on. What does Antichrist mean? Guys, what does Antichrist mean? Who knows? The, so, so Antichrist is like opposite of Christ. Opposite of Christ, against Christ. Now, that's true, but there is another meaning of Antichrist. Who knows? Can you put it up to us? Yes, Joshua. Okay. So Antichrist can mean against, opposed to, but it can also mean instead of, or in place of. So even though the Antichrist is going to be opposed to Christ, 
He is also going to be one who will set himself up instead of Christ, as in replacing Christ. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. So there's a difference, there's a distinction. If I'm against you entirely, I really don't want to be like you. I'm just going to fight you. But the Antichrist is not only going to just fight Christ, but he's going to set himself up as a replacement for Christ. Okay? So, will this future Antichrist be against Christ or in place of Christ? We get it that he will put himself up as a counterfeit Messiah. So, both of these meanings are in that term Antichrist. He's not only against Christ, but he's also going to set himself up as in place of Christ. Let's look at then the comparison between Christ and the Antichrist. Jesus Christ is the truth. The Antichrist is called a lie. Jesus Christ is the Holy One. The Antichrist, his other name is the Lawless One. We saw that in the scripture. Jesus Christ is the Man of Sorrows. The Antichrist is called the Man of Sin. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Antichrist is called the Son of Destruction. Jesus Christ is the Mystery of Godliness. The Antichrist is described as the Mystery of Iniquity or Sin. Jesus Christ, we know, cleanses the temple. The Antichrist will desecrate the temple. Jesus Christ is called the lamb. The Antichrist is called the beast. Okay? Now, other comparisons. The origin of Christ is heaven. The origin of the Antichrist is bottomless pit. And bottomless pit, not because he's not a human being, but that's where his power is going to come from. The destiny of Christ is to be exalted on high. The Antichrist will be cast down to hell. Christ's goal was to do his father's will. The Antichrist's goal is to do his own will. Jesus' purpose was to save the lost. The Antichrist's purpose is to destroy the holy people of God. Jesus' authority came from his father. The Antichrist's authority is his own name. Jesus Christ humbled himself, but the Antichrist will exalt himself. Jesus is the true vine. The Antichrist is called the vine of the earth. And Jesus was despised. No, nobody really respected Jesus. Was despised. The Antichrist is going to be admired. People are going to hail him. He's a great one, the great leader. Okay? Now, in looking at miracles and signs and wonders, Jesus Christ did them. The Antichrist will also do miracles, signs, and wonders. Remember, he's not only against Christ, but he's setting himself up as instead of Christ. So some things that Jesus did, the Antichrist will also try to do the same just to deceive people that he is the Christ. Okay? Jesus appears in the millennial temple and the Antichrist will also go and sit in the temple during the tribulation and proclaim himself to be God. Jesus Christ is God. The Antichrist will claim to be God. Okay? Jesus is a lion from Judah. The Antichrist has a mouth like a lion. Jesus makes a peace covenant with Israel. The Antichrist will also make a peace covenant with Israel. So he's, he's trying to behave like he is Christ. Jesus causes men to worship God. The Antichrist will cause men to worship Satan. And Jesus seals his followers on their forehead. Right? You know, right now, before the rapture, the Bible says we are sealed. Do you know you're sealed? You're sealed with what? The Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is a seal on you that identifies you as you belong to God. So Satan can't touch you. Okay? I belong to God. You belong to God. It's a mark on us. The Holy Spirit is a mark on all of us that we belong to God. We are God's property. Okay? During the tribulation, the people that come to believe in God, God sends out an angel to seal their foreheads so that, that was what Michaela was talking about, so that the judgment that is coming, they will be protected. So God seals his followers during that time, and the Antichrist will also seal his followers with the mark of the beast to identify them as his followers. Okay? Christ has a worthy name. The Antichrist has blasphemous names. Christ is married to a virtuous bride, which is us, the church. No, we are the lady. We are the church. The church is called the bride of Christ. And we will talk about when our marriage is going to happen in heaven after the rapture. We'll talk about that. Yep. So, the Antichrist is called, he is married to a vile prostitute in Revelation 17. Jesus is crowned with many crowns. The Antichrist is crowned with ten crowns. Okay? Yes, Vanessa. If Satan is, is possessing him. So, once Satan possesses him, everything he is doing... It's not him doing it. It's Satan doing it. And Satan will be doing his will. It's Satan's will. Yes. But it's not like the Antichrist is doing it for... He, he is possessed. Fully. You got it? Let's move on. Chris, you have a question? Yes, because that's... The devil can never compare to God. Right? He's trying. He's trying. He's doing his best to be like God, but he can't because he's not. And so if Jesus is crowned with many crowns, how on earth can he be crowned with many crowns? He cannot be crowned with many crowns. It's only ten crowns. And even that, they're all going to be taken away from him. Yes, Judah. Wait, so if the person being possessed by the Antichrist, is he going to hell along with the devil? Yes. Yes. So, we'll talk about that possession. Let's, let's move on then. Let me see what's next. Let me see what's next. There's quite a bit. I'm not going to go through all of them, okay? Do you want us to go through all? No. Okay, let's move on. So the point here is that the Antichrist and Christ, they are not only opposite, but the Antichrist tries to set himself as a replacement of Christ, okay? Now, the question is, Will the Antichrist be an actual individual person? Will he be an actual individual person? The Bible teaches that yes, an Antichrist is coming and he will be an individual. It will not just be like a spirit, but he will be a person. Okay? He will come out from this, what the Bible calls the spirit of the Antichrist, which is already at work, which is the system that he will operate. So the system is already being worked out. Already, with everything that's happening in the world, everything with the um, gay-lesbian agenda, everything with political correctness, everything with one world um, government or economy or religion, all those things, 
You know, there are already discussions about, then that's the Pope spearheading those kind of discussions about the different religions uniting because we are all worshipping the same God. Can you imagine? The Pope is supposed to be someone who reads the Bible. And he is saying that we all worship the same God. It's just in different ways. So we're all supposed to come together so that there will be peace because a lot of the wars in the world have happened from religion. And so if we can all... Okay. Ask your question. Irina has a question. Does the, anti does the Antichrist have to be a world leader or he'll be a regular person? We don't know. But we know when he comes on the scene, he's going to be a world leader. As to whether he will be a world leader before he comes on the scene, we don't necessarily know. But the Bible does say that um, ten nations, which is why he's crowned with ten crowns, ten nations will come together, form a confederacy, right? And he will rise up from amongst them and be their leader. And they are going to give them his, they are all going to give him their power so that he will be the world leader. So, what some people believe that the 10 nations, not necessarily referring to nations per se, but regions. So, believe that the world will be divided into 10 regions that have their leader, which is already happening. You know, right now, Canada, US, and Mexico, you know that the leaders are already having talks about uniting all of us in that region so already already we are united in the economy in the way that trade happens okay and there are talks underway that will sort of unify us so it helps the economy it helps the trade we're all one people one currency those discussions are already happening discussions are already happening in africa about all the states, the nations in Africa uniting, having one united Africa. The discussions are already happening. So when the Bible says the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work, that's what it means. That things are already happening that is setting the stage for the Antichrist to rise up. Do you get it? Yes. Um, so since, you, like, since we have all this information, you know all this information, um, could you give us like roughly like how many years we have? How does he know? Like no, I mean like all the information you've collected and like all the stuff like shouldn't there be like? I'm exactly. So so Maxine, are you saying that I should know when all these things should happen? No 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 no. I'm like I'm not saying no an exact. Day. Right, but an like, idea. Like, but that's what I'm telling you. It's very close. <laughs> it's very close. Yes, Vanessa. So, like, is it the enemy that's like influencing them to like um, unite, or is it like God? Right. So, so one thing you must realize about God: anytime God says something, because He has said it, it must happen. Right. That's what makes Him God, and God can use anything anybody remember one time the israelites which are who are god's people are you guys with us over there yeah. the israelites who are god's people sinned against him disobeyed him god needed to punish them who did he use nebuchadnezzar an idol worshiper god said to nebuchadnezzar you are going to be my servant he used actually used the word servant you are going to be my servant so i can punish my own people 
so they will be corrected. And God used him. And after, Nebuchadnezzar thought he was such a great person because God used him to conquer all these nations. And he thought in his heart, oh, I'm such a great person. You know what God said to him? He said, you fool, you're going to be an animal. <laughs> you're going to be an animal and you're going to go into the forest and live in the forest and eat grass like an ox or a cow for seven years. And immediately God said that, Bible says his brain, his wisdom left him. He became like an animal. He crawled on his whatever knees, went to the forest, lived there. Seven years, his, his nails grew. Bible describes his nails grew like an eagle. For seven years, his hair all grew. Until, and because God said, for seven years, and then I will restore you, on the seventh year, he heard a voice from heaven that now your kingdom is restored to you. He got his senses back. He returned to his palace and he, he became the king. And then he declared, now I know that there is no God in heaven but Jehovah and that he rules in the kingdoms of men and he gives it to whoever he wills. You understand? So what, why am I saying all this? I'm saying all that to say that anytime God says something, it must happen. It doesn't matter who God will use. God can use anybody. Jesus had to be praised because he's God. God needs to be praised. And so the children were praising him. And the Pharisees were saying, oh, why, look, they're praising you. Tell them to shut up. Jesus said, if they shut up, the stones will rise up and cry and begin to praise me. Because he's God. He needs to be praised. You get it? So, your question is, will it be God who will be influencing all of these things? I believe because God said it, his word must come to pass. But the fact that the devil is doing all these things, it does not remove the devil from the responsibility that he is the one doing it. Do you get it? The devil in his all his evil will be unleashing evil on the world, but it will not be God doing that. But God will be working through all his evil to accomplish what he has said must come to pass. Get it? Let's move on. So, the Antichrist spirit is already at work, but it's to lead to the rise of the individual Antichrist, the person Antichrist. Okay? Let's move on. What will he be like? What will the Antichrist be like? He will be one of the most powerful and popular leaders the world has ever known. In fact, you try to think of any great world leader that you know. Maybe two or three of them. Tell me some of them. Who are some of the great world leaders so far? Who? Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's not a world leader. He's just a Canadian leader. <laughs> world leader from history. Yes, Bridget. Gandhi. Uh-huh. Beyonce, oh man, you people. <laughs> okay, who else? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, uh huh. Who? The Pope. Right? The head of Alexander the Great. Yeah, Martin Luther, yeah. Who else? JF Kennedy. Hitler. Now, all of these leaders, can you imagine 
with all their talent and skill and uniqueness, all of that combined in one person. Right? That's how the Antichrist is going to be. He's going to, he's, he's going to be the greatest world leader the world has ever seen. In terms of everything, he will be an intellectual genius. Like, he's going to be smart. Like, the smartest person people have encountered. Smart in all areas. In, in art, in law, in medical science. Like, talk of any of the disciplines. He's going to be a smart person. The Bible talks about that. Who wants to read Daniel 8.23? What? You want to continue? Let's read Daniel 8.23. What? I didn't hear you. You think your teacher is the Antichrist? <laughs> yes, read it, Nathan. In the latter part of the reign, when rebels have completely... No, when rebels have become completely wicked, a fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue will arise. A master of intrigue. That's smartness. He's going to be really smart that people will be amazed at his smartness. And then he's also going to be someone who can really speak well. A great orator. He can really speak and you'll be convinced you'll vote for him. You know, you know how there are politicians who can really speak. How I many you've heard of um, "I Have a Dream" by Martin Luther? Yeah. Really good speech, right? Can you imagine a speech that's hundred times better than that? No. That's the kind of speech the Antichrist will be giving. Really good. Like it will be hard for people to even think evil of him. Excellently good in speaking, and then he's also going to be a great politician great politician his his political wits unmatched by anyone why because he will be the first world leader who will be able to strike a deal between the palestinians and the israelites to have peace in the middle east is there peace in the middle east right now how many world leaders have been trying to bring peace there all of them all the world leaders that have come through they've been trying to have talks to bring peace there but never happened but this man will bring peace. In a matter of, like, short time, he will be able to have a covenant between Israel and the Arabs that will bring peace in the Middle East, and people are going to be amazed, like, whoa, we've never had a world leader like this. This man is a great man. And he's also going to be an economic giant because he will be able to bring a lot of um, improvement in the economy because of the peace and the unity that will happen when he comes on the scene, the economy is going to boom. The real estate market is going to boom. Like, people are going to have fun. It's, it's, it, will, it will be great peace in the world, and the economy is just going to rise up because of this man. So can you imagine, if you are left behind, whoever it is, I hope it's none of us here, and you... Based on everything you are hearing me talk about, you can tell, no, this guy is the Antichrist. Can you imagine going to work or going to school and saying to people, this guy is the Antichrist? People will slap you. Like, what are you talking about? This man who's brought peace, who speaks so well, who is so smart. What do you mean he's evil? There's nothing evil about him. Do you get it? 
That's the great deception he deceives the whole world with. Yes, so Hadassah. When the like, election before the Antichrist becomes like the, the, uh, the ruler thing, will we be here? Will we be here before the Antichrist becomes a world leader? Right, that's what we talked about saying that the Bible says the Antichrist cannot come on the scene until the one who restrains is taken out of the way. So we won't be here when the Mm -mm. We will not be here. Yes, Zoni. Sorry? If you're left behind, can you still go to heaven? If you're left behind, can you still go to heaven? Good, good question. Yes, you can. But it's going to be difficult. Very difficult. 3.5 years. Just six months. Just think of six months. Just think of six months where you catch a cold and you're really sick for five days and you have to go to the emergency, but you can't go because you don't have the mark of the beast. And so you have to stay at home and suffer. Right? Just imagine. But you're going to get better eventually, right? And you are sick and you need to buy medicine but you can't buy because you need the mark of the beast to buy aren't you eventually gonna get better naturally because no one can die so i'm saying when you miss the rapture you can still make it if you don't get the mark of the beast but it's gonna be very difficult very difficult a lot of people will have to literally die and what happens if you die? You choose not to get the mark of the beast, you you're choosing the path of death. I you but that death, no, you will die. God forbid, not any of you. Somebody. Not not any of you. Yes, Cynthia. And my question is, like, you know how you were saying that um, Hadassah asked the question you answered, but then if the Antichrist is going to be, like, um, in replacement of Christ in a way, is there a possibility that because of everything that is happening, like, I know that we have to be, yeah, there's the belief that we will be taking, raptured. raptured before he comes and do his things and... Uh, but is there a way, is there like a other belief that he will somehow, because he's going to be like Christ and he's going to fool a lot of people, he is, we will be somewhere here to see some of the things. Some of the things that happen. Yeah. It's a good question. So now I want you all to pay attention. Did you hear the question, Michaela? I actually couldn't Okay. Pay attention. You guys pay attention. She's asking, is it possible that we will be here when the Antichrist comes on the scene? I mean, before he actually manifests himself and gets worse. But the things that happen behind the scenes that brings him into world prominence, will we still be here, right? Very good question. So there's a debate around that, actually, that one group says, it's possible that we might be here and around that time the rapture will happen and so it's possible that we might hear in the news or see some of the things that clearly 
point because we know we will know that that is the antichrist based on the scripture and everything and everything that is happening we will know right that that is the antichrist and the belief is around that time we will be raptured and some believe that no we will be raptured before even all of that plays out now what you must know as a student of the bible and that's why when i'm teaching you this i try to show you the different views that there are because those different views they are not views of muslims they are views of Christians like you and I who also believe in Jesus Christ, who also read the Bible. Do you get me? Those who believe in the mid-trip, those who believe in the pre-wrath, those who believe in the post-trip, they're also Christians. And guess what? If we are right, I believe that the rapture will happen before the tribulation, all those people, if their Christian belief is right, they will also be raptured as well, even if they don't believe in the pre-trip rapture. Are you following? Because they are Christians. It's not your belief in the timing of the rapture that determines whether you will be raptured or not. It's your belief in Christ. Okay. Sorry, guys. We have to end our lesson. Sorry? Tyler, I'll take Tyler's question and then we'll, we'll pick it up. Okay. Okay, so the first question is, is it possible that the Antichrist could actually be developing, developing at this moment for the day to come? Yes, that's possible. Or would he, like, would he come in an instant after all? No, because he's a human being. So he has to be born. He has to grow up. He has to be educated because going to be, if he's going to be smart, he can't just be smart from nowhere. He has to go through school. He has to rise up in the ranks, right, to get to that place. So it's possible that all of that is already happening. Okay, he will be a young man, just like Jesus was a young man. You know, Jesus was in his 30s, so he'll be a young man, possibly in his 30s. Okay, second question, guys. I have to end it, so just be quiet. Yes, hello. One of my religion teachers was talking about how um, 